What is up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to Whatever Happened, a podcast about certain events or topics that were once in the spotlight. I dive into what happened then and where these events and topics have ended up. If you haven't already, go check out my previous two episodes, uh, the first one being about the Coney 2012 movement and whatever happened, um, and episode two being about Edward Snowden. You can find me on Twitter at NBWhatever. I have links to where you can find the podcast on Spotify or iTunes and other places as well. So please go give me a follow and I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, well, let's just get right into it. Today's episode is about North Korea. Last summer, tensions with North Korea were super high and the media was covering it as if we were on the brink of a nuclear war. So yeah, I would say tensions were pretty damn high. New concerns about North Korea now. About Kim Jong-un's arsenal of nuclear weapons. President Trump believes his relationship with Chairman Kim is good. Recent escalating tensions between Washington and Pyongyang. For the first time in a long time, the United States is actually uh, having conversations from a position of strength. We're also learning new information about Kim's stockpile of nuclear weapons, which shows no signs of diminishing To start off, we need to understand why exactly North Korea hates us so much. It stems back to the Korean War, and most of us have probably forgotten how devastating that war was on not only our country, but on the people of Korea as well. The North Korean regime teaches its citizens to hate America, but why? It began with a war that's almost forgotten in the United States. After World War II, two superpowers divided the Korean Peninsula along the 38th parallel. The Soviet Union occupied the North and the United States, the South. This resulted in the creation of two separate states, the Republic of Korea, or South Korea, and the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, or North Korea. Most historians say the North invaded the South on June 25, 1950, when the Korean War began. This is war. The North tells its citizens America actually started the war. Over the next three years, around one million North Koreans died in the fighting, including an estimated 600,000 civilians. Like I said, they never forgot this war. And because Kim Jong-un's family dynasty of totalitarianism, the North Korean people have been hypnotized with propaganda to hate the U.S. And this propaganda really starts at a young age. The North Korean people brainwash their kids to subconsciously hate the U.S. This defector describes her childhood education, right? Quote, In math book, it says there are four American bastards. You kill two of them. How many American bastards are there left to kill? And as a child, I would have to say two American bastards, and that was my education, end quote. That's pretty intense, and that's not all. They spew out American hate propaganda through uh, stamps with missiles aimed at the White House. They have a museum dedicated to teaching what war crimes American soldiers committed. In the last liberation war during our strategic retreat, the American hyenas occupied the land of Shinchon. They arrested Min Yong-shik and stabbed her muscles with a three-pronged spear and sucked her flowing blood. They also took the flesh from her thighs using a bayonet, dipped it in salt, and ate it. 
If that is not bad enough, they even have made short films of how important it is to destroy America. And in the background of these films, you can see New York City on fire. So yeah, they completely hate our guts. But in my recollection of North Korea, especially when I was younger, like in high school and even earlier, I always knew that they hated us, right? Every now and then, you would hear something about the United States and North Korea having tension in one way or another. Why was it that all over the news we were hearing about a new missile test every other week? Why was this tension on such a high scale recently? President Trump and North Korea escalate the war of words, lobbying new threats and sending new tweets. North Korea now accusing the president of the United States of pushing the world to, quote, the brink of nuclear war. Yes, it is because of Twitter, but mainly because Trump was using it. I don't know how you feel about Trump, but I'm not sure his methods in dealing with North Korea at the time were the best. Now, I don't know what I would have done as president. Nobody wants that job, but it really seems like Trump was doing and was not doing a stand-up job. There's no better example of what I'm talking about here than when North Korea started threatening us, stating they had missiles that could reach the cities of Los Angeles, Chicago, and even New York, which is incredibly terrifying. And this is what Trump decided to say in response. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. I don't think you want to handle this really sensitive diplomatic issue with fire and fury. As a citizen, I would not want to see my leader playing around with the idea of nuclear war. I don't think the rest of the world wants that either. However, I will play devil's advocate here and mention how this is just what we heard. Previous administrations might have done similar things, but they were smart enough to not make them public. So Trump comes out with the fire and fury, and this is what North Korea had to say in return. The American commander-in-chief remains stuck at a golf course, oblivious to what is happening and talking about such nonsense as fire and fury. Since it is impossible to have talks with people who are incapable of rational thought, the strategic armed forces has judged that we must respond with absolute force. Trump even said later that the fire and fury message might not have been enough. Well, I really don't know what else could be worse than nuclear war, but hey, let's just keep circling our finger around that big red button. From here, more of, from here, more or less of the same things were happening. Trump and Kim Jong-un kept having a war with words. Trump had mentioned on the campaign trail in 2016 he would meet with Kim Jong-un, though, which really is not a, wasn't a crazy idea at the time. Um, that could ease tensions, right? But you would have to do it correctly. But what makes me skeptical is how Trump talked about this meeting on the 2016 campaign. They said, would you speak to the leader of North Korea? I said, absolutely, why not? Why not? And they come out, Trump would speak to him. Who the hell cares? I'll speak to anybody. Who knows? There's a 10% or a 20% chance that I can talk him out of those damn nukes because who the hell wants him to have nukes? And there's a chance. I will let you take that how you will. This meeting did actually happen, and I'm sure you remember it quite well. It was a pretty historical event. It was a huge deal, and 
the last time we ever met with a leader of North Korea was back with Bill Clinton, but he wasn't even president at the time, so he had no authority to make any deals. Okay, so what was the whole point of the meeting, at least, at least besides the obvious discussion of denuclearization? But what is discussed is not truly known, as we can only go off of what Trump and North Korea have to say. Here are the two things that were discussed and agreed upon. But keep in mind, there was no timetable implemented in these talks. Here are the two things we know about. One, they wanted to develop a new and peaceful relation between the two countries, the U.S. and North Korea. And two, the complete denuclearization of the North Korean peninsula. But then again, when will that happen with no timetable? This is hard to say because North Korea has promised denuclearization before. Here's the list. 1994, North Korea had agreed to stop these two reactors where the U.S. had suspicions were being used for making nuclear weapons. 2005, U.S. were a part of discussions with North Korea alongside many other nations like China, Russia, and Japan. But North Korea stepped out pretty much because the U.S. were being too tough, according to North Korea, anyway. 2006, despite backing out of these negotiations with these world leaders, North Korea promises to denuclearize. 2007, these talks resume where the results were much of the same. 2012, weeks after North Korea reached an agreement with the U.S. to denuclearize, North Korea launched a long-range missile, which results in talks ending again. The list goes on here, but you get the point. Denuclearization probably won't happen. This pattern of promises and not following through will probably just keep going. Once this meeting with Trump and Kim Jong-un ended, that is when our attention started to stray elsewhere. And that's when major media stopped covering it so much. And honestly, I'm kind of glad it did this time. Because it was pretty terrifying to see some of the things the U.S. and North Korea were saying to each other. One thing is for sure, and that is we cannot count on these new peaceful relations to even begin. Same as the denuclearization. Mainly because if the majority of North Korean people saw how the outside world works, especially in the United States, Kim Jong-un's power would evaporate overnight. He could not maintain his totalitarian dictatorship if he opens up his country to the rest of the world. It is not hard to see that Kim Jong-un loves his power, and he really does. So at this point in the show, you're probably wondering, what is going on with North Korea today? Well, it is kind of hard to say because North Korea is a really hard place to get an inside look into. But what we do know is North Korea has recently started missile testing again because Trump has put sanctions on Pyongyang. November 16th, 2018, CNN reported that North Korea tested a, quote, newly developed ultra-modern weapon in an event sur- supervised by leader Kim Jong-un, end quote. In the same article from CNN, quote, an official with the North Korean ministry said on November 5th that if the U.S. doesn't start removing sanctions on Pyongyang, Kim could start building up nuclear forces, end quote. Vice President Mike Pence stated how the U.S. was not going to enforce North Korea on their requirement to provide a list of all their nuclear missile test sites. That just shows Trump has not been committed to establishing a new relationship with North Korea. So I think you get the idea. 
As much as the summit was an historical meeting between these two leaders, Kim Jong-un and President Trump, it seems it really did nothing for world peace, which is greatly disappointing. This makes me think that Trump can do nothing more than what we have done in the past, and that might not be all his fault when you think about it. North Korea has been harboring and nurturing this hate for so long it would be extremely hard to extinguish it. Most of Kim Jong-un's power derives from this hate with the U.S. because that is where he hypnotizes his people into following him. So why would he ever want to follow through with any kind of peace talk? Thanks for tuning in to Whatever Happened. I'm Drew Winkelmeyer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I would love to hear what you think, so shoot me a DM over Twitter at NVWhatever or on Instagram at NV underscore Wink. If you have any ideas, like I said, I'd love to hear from you and hear your guys' ideas. So please hit me up if you want. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next time to Whatever Happened. Thanks. Thanks.